0: I'll own that initially, I think I went into ACUI volunteering thinking, oh, this will be something good to have on my resume. In that first role, I really learned that this is something where you can have such a wide impact on a variety of people and develop amazing skills and connections.
1: Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now, your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast. I am your host for today's episode. My name is Tom Kriegelstein. You've probably seen me around the Twitters and the, the socials and the medias that are out there. I have. Uh, another amazing uh, interview today with uh, Ben Williams from Georgia Institute of Technology he is the associate program director there the topic today and this is what I've been trying to get someone to talk about was volunteering at the big national organizations Ben, uh, he dove right in. He's a newer professional in the field, but he said he recognized the value of getting involved in the national organizations as a volunteer, so he dove all in. He's done stuff with, with uh, three different organizations, but specifically we're going to focus on his, his involvement with ACUI, where he currently oversees the, the iLead uh, Leadership Institute that serves students, uh, engages, uh, it has programs throughout the year. It, throughout the interview, I also asked him some of like, "Why does this matter? Um How did he find out about it? Uh, how do you How do you have a good relationship with your supervisor that allows you to do this volunteer work where he says it's about two to three hours a week that he's doing extra work above and beyond his regular job. And so we dig into that and understand how you can build that relationship with your supervisor to be able to make that happen uh then we i i of course i always ask the question of of if you were in front of a grad program what would you say and how you do it and then as always we close out with the rapid fire questions uh, and you find out how if ben were going to title his biography of his life right now what would that title be and look forward to that with that enjoy this uh interview with ben williams And with that, I'm so excited to have Ben here with us. Uh, Ben, I just gave you a little bit of an intro so they kind of know roughly who you are. But for all those people out there who don't know who you are, uh, first off, can you just say uh, name, position, uh, and your current institution that you work at?
0: Yeah, uh, my name is Ben Williams. I use he, him, his pronouns, and I'm an associate program director at Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Great. And how long have you been there?
0: Um, four months on May
1: fourth. Congrats! That's four months. That's exciting. Yeah, (laughs) I I think the average turnover is three years, so you're you're good you're good to go for a bit. (laughs) Yeah, I have two
0: months left in my probationary period, and so far, so good.
1: I like how it's a probation period. You know, it's like it's like you're in jail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a supervisor that watches you uh, each step of the way? Is that how the probation works? No,
0: it's just, you know, the university system of Georgia um, has a policy where in the first six months, you can be let go for whatever reason. And I get it. It's important. And so far, so good. I keep being asked to come back and asked to do
1: different things. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. That's but good. To me in
0: July. Yeah,
1: right. Right. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, congrats on the position and, and on the job. And uh, just out of curiosity, how did you? What, what? I always like to start off with. What was your journey? What was your journey that got you here? How did you know student affairs was a career for you? Um, you can either start from undergrad or math, a uh, 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 master's program, whatever works for you. But.
0: Sure. Um, So I went to Georgia State University, which is a large public urban research institution um, in the city of Atlanta. And in my first semester um, of college, I ended up in the dean's office, um, which
1: was great. Um, Not not because you got in trouble. Well, no. So what happened is
0: um, we had a group of street preachers who had a convention in the Atlanta area um, come on campus And they had their signs, which I don't really need to paint the picture, but it has things like athletes and homosexuals and all of these things. And and I was young, and I was at a point in my development where I was just like, you know, that's not right. That's not what we stand for. So I got up on a stage, and I started yelling back at them. And then we had a whole counter-protest thing. And then I landed in the dean's office where uh, the dean of students at the time, Rebecca Stout, um, she said, you know, you can do this for a career. And at that point, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, and then I kind of had that traditional, I like, was an orientation leader involved in SGA, involved in the program board. And then I was like, you know, I, I want to do this. Um, I want to see where this could lead me. Um, and it led me to Miami of Ohio, where I got my master's in student affairs and worked with um, commuter students and they also opened a brand new student center which was a great experience to kind of be part of that, that team um, and that's really where for me my journey with um, professional associations started but also where I knew this was my thing this was the thing that I wanted to do how I wanted to give back um, etc and so um, I started looking for jobs as the second year started to come to a close and I ended up at CU Boulder which I'd never been to Boulder Colorado and so my interview was a Skype interview because they had a lot of staff openings and I got offered the job and I just said I'm gonna take this risk I'm gonna move um from Ohio to Colorado I'd never been to Colorado before and so I was just like let's see how this goes um and I worked there in, a, in the Center for Student Involvement, which was a new department, um, kind of forming right when I was coming on um, as a coordinator for student involvement. Got to work with programs and senior students um, and got to do some really cool stuff. And I just wanted to come home. And so that's really how Atlanta came into the picture. Um, this job opened at Georgia Tech, which gave me opportunities to be back in a student center, um, but also keep working with programming Gain more experience, get a little bit more budget experience, and you know. Luckily, my boss decided that my current boss decided that I would be a good fit, and you know, like I said, so far so good. But talk to me on July fourth when my probationary
1: period yeah. <laughs> First off, Boulder, Boulder, Colorado. That's a gorgeous. The campus is gorgeous. The area is gorgeous. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's totally different climate change for you compared to uh, Georgia. I'm <laughs> based on yeah. based on having traveled through both states. Uh, Two follow-up questions. Um, Just on on this story, had you ever done any kind of protesting or or like speaking out like you did during that one moment when those people had signs that you didn't agree with? Um, So, no, I really hadn't. I,
0: and I'll own kind of some of my own stuff, I um, grew up in Roswell, Georgia, which is a small suburb of Atlanta, um, and I realized at an early age that I was gay, But I lived in a very white community, and so my understanding of difference was that like, here, this is me, I'm gay, I'm different, I'm marginalized, which is true, Um, but
1: it wasn't really until I came to Georgia State, which is one of the most diverse institutions in our country, and I really got to start understanding
0: the intersection of race and socioeconomic status and gender and sexuality and all of these things that I started to just kind of develop this I want to I want to help. I want to contribute to making this world better for everyone because growing up gay in a suburb of Atlanta was terrible. And so, I wanted it to be less terrible. I chose an institution that was in the heart of the city in a in a liberal bastion of the south and I was like, this is wrong. This is not what we are supposed to be about. And so, I just got up on the stage and their YouTube videos that I've tried really hard to get rid of, that yeah. Um, yeah. just don't disappear. But yeah. no, I I never I've never been motivated to be active in that way before, or to stand up for people outside of my community, because it wasn't just about the gay issue. It was about um, Muslim students and about um, other students of color, and saying what the role of women were in households, and that was just like. In that moment, for my development, I was like, "This doesn't work."
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, is the YouTube video you're saying it's it's you you actually speaking, or you you doing this speech? I wouldn't say speaking, as much <laughs> as yelling. <laughs> well, it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is it is it just <laughs> is it something that you share publicly, or like you actually don't prefer if it weren't out there?
0: So I do. I I've sent it to people before, kind of just to be like, you know. This is where my start in student affairs happened. In this oh, okay. moment, where I was like, "I want, I want to impact, I want to change, and I wanna, I wanna do it for the benefit of us as a community," right?
1: Yeah. Well, if uh, if you're open, happy to share the link in the show notes for others. Yeah. Okay, great. We'll we'll figure that out afterwards. Uh, and then the other thing, and this is more of a commentary on it, because uh, I've done a I've done a lot of a lot of interviews with student affairs people, and there's so many that have their undergrad degree was, or not degree, but they're, they, they were super involved on campus. And then at some point someone said, you know, this could be a career and that sort of turned a light bulb on and then they led into it. I, I, I kind of want to create some name for that group. I don't know what it is, but cause it seems like it's such a breeding ground that naturally these students who are super involved see, they're like they see the value that they got and they want to give back to other students, but there's no name for that type of student yet. But Maybe we'll, maybe we'll figure it out in this podcast. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's going to happen. Uh, all right. So now, uh, before I go into what it, the, the, the main topic I want to talk to you about, which is your involvement with ACUI as a volunteer, uh, one more follow-up question on, on your journey. Because right now you're the Associate Program Director at the Georgia Institute of Technology. Is, is that, what, what's your, what is your ideal position? Like dream, put it out to the universe, and, and the universe is going to come calling back to you. Yeah, so I, I would tell you that my dream role is to be a dean of students and vice president of student affairs. Um, and I, I see myself doing that at more urban
0: institutions. Um, I, I appreciate the power of being an institution of higher education in a city Um, Because if you look at the national landscape at things like the University of Houston, Georgia State, they're nationally being recognized for what they're doing in an excellence perspective, but also in an access perspective, right? Um, Georgia State has managed to eliminate the graduation gap across race and socioeconomic status. So regardless of race or SES at Georgia State, your graduation rates are now the same based on some really intentional programs they've um, kind of done with big data and so those are the type of institutions that speak to me. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's kind of the pie-in-the-sky dream and um, trying to, to continue to figure out like what's my path to that but also um, being really intentional about making sure that I'm still doing what I want even as I progress out of some of the, the current roles and into things that have more macro-level perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, the good news is this podcast gets downloaded by thousands of SA people every month, so you never know who's listening. You never know. There you go. The universe calls. Uh, all right. Right. Uh, and, and why why I was really excited to talk to you is um, around around your involvement with ACUI as a volunteer because uh, there's obviously there's there's big national organizations and uh, I, I see... Uh, student affairs professionals, uh, some dabble in it, some stand on the sidelines, and then some go all in. And it seems like, uh, having known what I know about you, is you said, I want to go all in with my volunteer, uh, volunteering with ACUI. So my my very first question is, why ACUI versus NASPA, ACPA, COI, or, or uh, any of the other ones that are out there, NACA?
0: Yeah, so that's a really great question, and one that I honestly um, struggle with from time to time, just thinking about, again, some of those macro long-term goals of mine, Um, and I actually consider myself really fortunate that I've been supported in exploring different um, volunteer roles. So, um, currently, I'm in a role with ACUI, I'm on a a KC for NASPA, and I was on a commission for ACPA. and so being able to have that breadth of experience has been great the reason i think that i went all in with acui and continue to is because it was for me um and it continues to be though i will tell you naspa and acui are what i would tell you are my professional homes
1: yeah um
0: acui is a community and a family in a way that i just never expected um so one of the one of my first volunteer experiences was um, as a student regional director um, here in, in the southeast region, and the person who selected me just said, you know, you, you have this excitement and this energy and potential, and it, it felt different to like hear that from someone who wasn't my supervisor, who didn't really know me, and while I'll own that initially, I think I went into ACUI volunteering thinking, oh, this will be something good to have on my resume. In that first role, I really learned that this is something where you can have such a wide impact on a variety of people and develop amazing skills and connections. Um, You know, When I have a, a tough time going on personally, my ACUI family is the people who are there and they're supporting me and holding me up. And so that's why I'm all in with ACUI, as they say.
1: All right. So then you had mentioned, Ben, you alluded to the fact that you also are involved in uh, in NASPA and ACPA as well. Uh, And so why do you think it's important to to get involved in several organizations versus just one? Well,
0: I think part of it is that it gives you a breadth of experience that you don't get in some of the other associations. So ACUI, for instance, is focused on college union and student activity professionals. And so while there's a, a incredible array of information there, what I don't get from ACUI, I get from NASPA um, through looking at some macro levels across um, various functional units. And so I think that balance of having your, your functional unit home um, professionally while then also looking at the two what I'll call the two large higher-ed associations, ACPA and NASPA, that are more generalist, finding a way to get that development for yourself. I think I'm... Because I want to be a vice president, I think it's super important that I find ways to develop skill sets outside of the college union and student activity sphere. Um, yeah. And so that's that's why um, the involvement with NASPA and my membership in both NASPA and ACPA is important for
1: yeah. me. Yeah. And so how did you... How did you find out originally that you could even this concept of a volunteering for ACUI? Was it were you at a conference and, and someone mentioned it to you? Did a supervisor mention it to you, a mentor, a sponsor? Like, how did you know about it?
0: Yeah. So. um, at my undergraduate institution, they supported the program board students going to um, regional conferences. And so that's where I first learned about the opportunities in ACUI for volunteering. Um, the regional director was giving her speech at the end of the day and said, you know, we have this opportunity for a student who wants to give, get more involved and advocate for students. In our programs, and that just that it intrigued me. And so I followed up with her and had that conversation, was able to join the regional leadership team. And then honestly, it kind of rolled from there where I had a friend who was on the Education Research Fund, which is ACUI's um, development side of things. And they said, You'd be great for this. Why don't you reach out and, and apply? And so then I did, and other opportunities just kind of came through that.
1: Yeah. And it's it does seem like it's one of those things. Once your once your foot's in the door and you're close to, uh, there's that phrase proximity is power. And mm-hmm. you, when you're close to people in the leadership positions, opportunities just naturally come your way. Did yeah, that? Did you sense it, that when you got involved?
0: Yeah, I, I really did. And honestly, it's it's a it's a huge reason why I think I stay involved. Not the necessary proximity of power, but because that as a community. We try to cultivate the next generation of leaders, and so that's what my big experience in ACUI has been, is that there are people who are having those conversations with me about how I grow and develop. You know, an interesting volunteer role that I had with ACUI was as a member of the screening committee for our new CEO, um, John Taylor, who's I think been in in the role about two years now. Um, I got to be on the screening committee where we looked at applicants. Um, for that role and then suggested who um, the board would bring to Bloomington for in-person interviews. And I got to interact um, with other union professionals from across the country, previous ACY volunteers, and I got to serve on that group with Kevin Kruger from NASPA, which was a great professional opportunity to see, you know, if I'm going to be at this table being interviewed by people one day, what are the questions I'm being asked um, what are the things I should be thinking about? And, you know, that opportunity came because, honestly, three, four years before that, I had taken on this student leadership role and kept committing to doing more and being of service to the, to the organization.
1: Yeah. And what is your current what are you currently involved in with ACUI?
0: Yeah, so I'm currently um, a a Bulletin contributor, which is our online and then in-print publication. And I also am primarily the program co-lead for the Institute for Leadership Education and Development, also called ILEAD, which is one of ACUI's signature student programs um, that brings students from all over the country um, once or twice a summer to a a specific location and engages in a six-day leadership-intensive institute to help them develop as leaders, and so that's that's my current role, where I'm working with another co-lead, um, Will Takewell, who's at Millsaps College in um, Mississippi, where we are developing curriculum, where we're reviewing the curriculum, trying to figure out how to take the program to the next level, and then also recruiting staff facilitators to to facilitate small groups throughout the institute.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Where are the are the students? Do they apply for that, or is that are they? kind of nominated for it
0: yeah so it depends there's some regional scholarships in acui for students to attend to um, but there's also um, departments will pay the registration fee and then support their students attending um so there is a an application they fill out um but it's also then um, a, a registration kind of like what professional staff do with conferences
1: yeah um, And how much, uh, if you could put an hourly sort of amount of time per week that you spend on your volunteer work with ACUI, what would you quantify that as?
0: Um, it's probably about two to three hours a week currently. Um, sometimes throughout the year it'll be a little less. Obviously in the summer, um, when we have the institutes, it's a little bit more, um, but I, I would say two to three hours a week um, currently, and it probably averages out to about two hours a week throughout the
1: course of a year. Okay, and just just checking, is there a stipend involved or is it totally volunteer-free?
0: Yeah, it is completely voluntary volunteer base. They do um, provide support for traveling. So when I'm traveling to the institute or if I'm, I'm doing another facilitation for them, um, they'll pay for all of that and expenses. But it is, it's 100% volunteer.
1: Yeah. And typically when you look around the table at your other volunteer colleagues, who, who are they uh, in terms of are they senior essay pros? Are they mid-level? Are they essay grads? Are they uh, newer, newer professionals? Uh, is there anything that sort of aligns them all, or is it across the board?
0: Well, so I think it depends on the volunteer experience. I think currently, I'm more in a role where it's mid-level managers and new professionals um, almost exclusively, um, at least for I lead. Yeah. Um, but when I was on the Education Research Fund. That was a lot more um, you know director level staff and above who were serving that group and so I think there's there's some variety I also think you know I'm so I've heard that there's timelines for all these things that there's some things that just aren't for new professionals um, or that new professionals or essay grads aren't interested in, but I don't buy that I just think some people aren't comfortable enough to ask for the opportunity and we're not always providing the opportunity in the front line because we assume in associations that well a student affairs grad or a new professional isn't going to be interested in being part of development work for instance but for me that is something I'm interested in and so you know, I don't have any problem asking for the experience Um, but I also think there's a balance to it of trying to find how we promote those opportunities across whether you're a new professional or a senior student affairs officer
1: yeah and your, because obviously you have a full-time position back at your yeah. institution independent of this volunteer how, how how supportive is your are your is your team and or your supervisor uh to to you doing this volunteer work and why yeah, so I actually, I've i been very supported throughout my
0: whole career up until this point of having amazing supervisors who believe in the value of, of volunteerism. Funny enough, the day that my boss, my current boss, called to offer me this job, I was interviewing for the League program role, and about two minutes after I said, yes, I accept the offer, I said, but there's this thing I need to talk to you about. <laughs> um and it, it was you know support for at least me per- continuing to pursue this opportunity yeah um, and and fortunately she was very supportive um, she believed in me enough to know that yes I'm going to be new in this role but I'm I'm a, a, a good and competent professional who can meet the challenge um, and so I think that support is huge um, and I've really been fortunate to, to have that I also think it's you know being able to say in those moments that like i'm just feeling really overwhelmed and having someone to be there to support you in that or acknowledging that you know this may be a busy time for us in this way but i also have to block out this two hours to take care of some elite stuff and and having that support there
1: yeah so if, if there were if, if a supervisor were listening to this right now or someone who oversaw uh a team that they, the, the members of that team were thinking about doing some volunteer work at one of the national organizations, what would be three tips you, would, you wish every supervisor knew, it doesn't have to be three, but maybe one or two, that, that would be really valuable for them to think about or know about in relation to their per, one of their teammates or colleagues that are about to take on the volunteer position?
0: so there's um, and it kind of has gone through the internet there's this image of a CEO and a CFO talking and the CFO says what if we invest all these all this money in these people and they leave and the CEO says back to him, what if we don't and they stay <laughs> and so like there's a world where um, resources are limited and not everything is accessible to everyone and that's real but I, I would my first Of those kind of two or three things would be that think about what what your what your staff member is wanting to do, what they might be asking you to do, how it's going to help them grow and develop, but then also what is it going to do for your department, um, Mm -hmm. and how does that help strengthen you all as a unit? Because I think there's a lot of synergy there. I will also say, as a new professional, at least in my first role. Um, which I'm no longer in, I wasn't thinking as much about how my volunteering could contribute back to my department, and so I think having a conversation with any direct report who's wanting to volunteer and asking them those questions about, you know, how is this going to benefit you and help your growth and development, and then how are you going to contribute what you learn and bring that back to our team here who maybe can't take part in that same experience. and then i think the other thing that would be really important to me is to just be honest about what your expectations are and what that support can look like um yeah so i'm taking almost 20 days and about 16 of those are work days in the summer and traveling to both kansas state and umass lowell to facilitate it i lead and that that means something to my department right those are um, 20 days that I won't be here and won't be kind of doing my work that I'm paid to do and so it's really important to talk through those expectations and my boss was great about saying you know this is this really works with our schedule this is also how we'll support you and this is what I need from you so I'm going to have summer projects that I need to accomplish and well yes I'm going to be doing I lead stuff She also has that expectation that I'm completing the things that I need to do, and that was a commitment I made, and so being able to talk through that, because I think new professionals, and I'm saying this as a new professional who was totally there, we don't know what we don't know, and if you're trying to support someone in volunteering, which I think you should, um, helping them understand what they don't know will be huge to their success.
1: Yeah. That was... uh, It that was one of my follow-up questions was is what's the value back to the the institution department you answered that uh it technically just trying to understand that 20 days is that is that paid time off is that vacation time is that sick time how does that work technically for you
0: yeah so that's professional development time for me okay Uh, and
1: so you get that built into your job description or
0: well not really it's kind of on a um you just work with your supervisor. Um, there's a institutional support form that she signed for ACUI that outlined kind of what the, the requirements from tech would be and then, um, what ACUI will provide. And so it was really more just kind of, you know, this is time that, that you can have a way to engage in this professional development experience. Um, i am also, since I'm new, I'm not traveling to any conferences, so that helps yeah. make it, um, balance out a little as well this year. Um, But I think, you know, one of the things that I'm seeing, at least as someone who's trying to recruit staff to facilitate, is that it really depends on the institution and their policies. And with this FLSA exemption and the changes that have been made, you know, knowing how that impacts someone's ability to volunteer is super important because some people, depending on where they are if they're below that threshold, you know, it would be them also getting compensated for time that they're doing things at ILEAD outside of their normal hours, which is prohibitive for some departments. So, um, well, yeah. I, I'm super fortunate that Georgia Tech is, is supportive of um, professional development. I think knowing that balance is super important at each individual institution.
1: So uh, on that note, if, if I if I were someone who is applying for a a position and I knew I wanted to get involved in some of the national orgs or I actually was already currently involved. What, what should I be asking for in the interview to make sure that I'm going into an institution or a a culture that is supportive of this type of activity?
0: Yeah. So I think, um, and I, I really tried to prioritize this in my most recent church because I knew I had some, some professional development goals outside of my job I wanted to accomplish. Um, and I think, You know, it's almost, I have two philosophies on it. One is having that conversation about what professional development looks like and then what support looks like for volunteering. And I think those questions are best asked to your direct supervisor. Um, The other part, which I've kind of tried to adapt, but I know isn't possible for everyone, is come to the table with what your personal commitment to this volunteer experience could be. And so, um, for instance, I'm willing, and obviously it doesn't apply for iLeague, but for other things, if I needed to pay for my own registration to attend a conference that I really want to attend, or to, to take on this new volunteer role that my department can't support me in, I think that is, it communicates to your potential supervisor that, You know, you're not just asking for money to support you, you're also looking for just the support of the opportunity and are willing to invest in it yourself. Because I believe that volunteering is a two-way street. You're giving, but you're also receiving, and so making sure you figure out what that balance for giving and receiving is, so that it's a good fit with your new institution And it may mean that if you really love a job but they can't support your professional development but they'll give you the time off, then you need to make the decision if you can afford to take that cost on yourself or maybe it means you're going to go with a different institution because they can support the professional development with money from their budget.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, I, so much good information you're packing in here, and I, I wish we, we had another half an hour, but we're actually coming towards the end. So I, I have one final official question, and then it's rapid fire get to know, get to know Ben questions. Okay. Uh, so my, my official question is, if, uh, if you were asked to go speak in front of a graduate class and they were just about to enter the field, and this is your topic. What would be your biggest? What would you? What would be your sort of one one minute thing that you'd want to say to them around this topic?
0: Yeah, saving the easy stuff for last, right? <laughs> uh, you know, I think if, if in that situation, what I would want to tell them is to commit to the opportunities in each moment, and what I mean by that is if you come across an opportunity that feels like a really good fit, throw yourself into it. um, Embrace every learning opportunity, but do it, do it for the opportunity and to, to be of service. Don't do it for personal gain exclusively, because I think what, what you'll find is that if you're just doing it for the line on your resume, you'll never be fulfilled and people will notice, right? I've, I've done enough volunteering in my short career to know the people who are wanting the line item, and that's what they'll get, and that's what if I was asked about them, I would say. Versus the people who want to grow, want to develop, and want to be of service to the profession, an association, whatever it may be. Um, I really would would want to try and hit that message home um, in the best way that I could.
1: Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, I feel like that's a that's a great way to end. Uh, that segment uh, of this of this interview, and, and I appreciate you taking the time and really uh, sharing with your experience with everyone who's listening. Uh, yeah. We're going to throw some of the show notes in, uh, from this conversation in the show notes on the, the Student Affairs Spectacular website, which everyone will get access to then. Uh, but before you go, Ben, this is, this is probably, this might, I don't know, I love the interview, but this is also partly my favorite part is that uh, the realization that student affairs professionals are more than just their job and yeah. sometimes we work early nights uh, or early mornings, late nights long weekends and all that good stuff and uh, so I have some questions and it's rapid fire just first answer that comes to mind uh, don't try and elaborate too much just say you know first thing that comes to mind alright okay alright this is where the music comes in dun 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 um, what, uh, what, what song for you has been on repeat lately
0: um, The Cure by Lady Gaga
1: <laughs> nice good one Uh, school for you was fill in the blank
0: awesome I'm a total lifelong learner nerd whatever you want to call it person
1: if you were to dress as you were if you were at a party and it was dressed as you were in high school what would that dress what would that outfit be like awkward (laughs) terrible Uh, if appropriate what was your first online screen name it was like
0: Ben Random numbers ATL because
1: it was cool to say ATL. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, what was the first web? What, what is the first website you visit in the morning? CNN. Okay, uh, and then let's see what's uh, what's a quali- what's one quality about yourself you wish would never change? Ooh, tough one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, probably my like energy, just bringing that all the time.
1: Okay, uh, what's the last book you read?
0: Um, Rest in power by trayvon martin 's parents about um, kind of their experience and and the way their lives changed.
1: yeah, would you recommend it i would okay uh, we'll we'll add that to the show notes that 's a good one i 've heard good stuff about it so yeah uh, if you were if you were if you had your own yacht what where'd you travel to first
0: So I go off the coast of Australia because i 'm obsessed with great white sharks and i 'd really like to swim with them
1: hmm. If you could tell your teenage self one thing, what would it be?
0: It'll be okay.
1: Yeah. And then lastly, if you had a title for your your biography as if it were written right now, what would that title be?
0: Uh, what a Mess, the Ben Williams story.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, ben, uh, where can people find you or reach out to you if they have questions or follow-up stuff? Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at at Ben
0: and Williams. Um, my email, I can include that in the show notes. Yeah. And um, anywhere and everywhere, I like connecting with people. I'm a total extrovert. So any top opportunity to connect with colleagues is something I'm going to say yes to.
1: Got it. And just to make sure that Twitter was B-E-N-N? M. M, as in Mary? Yes. And then Williams, your last name. Yep. Okay, got it. So I'll that will be in the show notes for everyone so you can have it there. Awesome. Ben, thank you so much. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. I know you got it. I know' it's, it's April right now while we're recording this and, and everyone's running around trying to close out this year while also planning for next year. Sure. Uh, so it's just a really busy month, so thank you for taking the time out and sharing your knowledge and experience with the, with the community.
0: Yeah, thank you for doing this, Tom. We appreciate
1: it. All right, definitely I'm going to uh, say goodbye to everyone and talk to you later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes, or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.